Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Kennard Levy-Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. All right, so here's another 15 minutes uh, lesson here. And what we're going to talk about is something that most of Christianity is very confused about. What is grace? And I'm going to go ahead and quote you a scripture, Revelation 12, verse 9. I'm going to try to explain this as simply as I can, all right? And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. And in Hebrew is Hasatan, the adversary, which deceives the whole world. Now, when you deceive someone, it's not very obvious. It has to look like it's true. It has to look like it's true, all right? So which deceived the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That's Revelation 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, that very old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so that is what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the, the current state of the world right now and the way things are. And so most people who claim to be Christians do not understand what Paul wrote about grace. Uh, Titus 2, verse 11 to 12 states plainly, for the grace of God that brings salvation. So listen up. This is in the King James Version. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So the context of this verse is the grace of God that brings salvation. Now, what does this grace of God do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so you need to understand what the Bible says that righteousness is. Because a lot of people, well, most people that I speak to are confused about what righteousness is. So let's get unconfused. Deuteronomy 6 verse 25 says, And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all, not some, all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. And then in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 172, states, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy mitzvahs or commandments are righteousness. And so whenever you see that word righteousness, 
is talking about keeping all of his commandments. All right? And so that's what grace does. It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously. In other words, keeping his commandments and godly in this present world. Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. Now, this is the reason why people are so confused about grace. The apostle Peter prophesied that people will struggle with Paul's writing, as they do today. And uh, it continues on to this day. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 18, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, especially the book of the, the epistle of Galatians, people get so tripped up on that. Uh, if, if you don't understand, well, let me read the rest of this. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Doesn't say everything, but says something. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. What does this mean? Well, if you don't understand what was going on in the first century, if you don't understand that Paul was a Jew and Jesus was a Jew, and, and his disciples, his apostles were Jews, and that uh, Christianity began with Jews, if you don't understand that, then you, you're, you're going to twist these scriptures and, and try to interpret them in the 21st century. And you can't do that. When you read the Bible, you have to read it in the historical context that it was written in to fully understand how to apply it today. So anyway, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, wait a minute, it says right here, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. When you think that grace is all we need, and grace, uh, God just erases all your, your past sins and future sins. You don't have to do anything. Then you're twisting the scriptures into your own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, be, beware, at least ye also being led away with the error, this is the spirit of error, the error of the wicked. Fall from your own steadfastness, which proves that you can fall after you accept the truth. You can fall. And people that are teaching a false doctrine that you can't walk away from this is teaching you a false doctrine. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. That involves also understanding his Jewish background. We have people that keep the Sabbath and holy days and they want to separate his Jewish background from keeping the Sabbath and holy days. That's impossible. You can't do that. Yeshua is a Jew. You got to understand what he did as a Jew. And 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16 says, we have to have his mind. If to have his mind means that we have a Jewish mind, it doesn't mean you become a Jew, but you think like a Jew and you do the righteous things that a Jew does. But anyway, 1 Peter 5, verse 10 states, and Peter was a Jew, by the way, uh, but the God of all grace, who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, strengthen, and settle you. So that's what the God of grace does. He makes you perfect through his spirit. Now, Romans 6, verse 1 to 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to the license to sin? You don't know what you're talking about. And you need to repent. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this combination. 
ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So if you're going around preaching or teaching that the grace of God gives us a license to sin, that we don't have to do anything anymore, then you are in the spirit of error. You are involved with dancing with the devil, and you are preaching a doctrine of sensuality, and you're denying the master. When you say that all we need is grace, and that's it. That's true. All we need is grace, but I just proved to you through the scriptures that grace does not discourage you from keeping the law. Grace encourages you to keep it all. It's God's way of forgiving you and having mercy on you. That's what grace is, ladies and gentlemen. And some people will use this scripture in Galatians 2 uh, to trick you, to convince you that you shouldn't be obeying. So anyway, I'm going to read this to you. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 4, verse 6 says, the Holy Spirit, if you do have the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit of Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of Yodevahe, or God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, verse 21 is a trick scripture that people use to twist it on discretion. Um, <clears throat> I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the Torah, or the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And so people read the scripture and say, okay, that means we don't have to keep the law. Well, that's not what it's saying, ladies and gentlemen. I just proved to you. Well, actually, I did not yet. Psalm 119, verse 142, the truth is keeping all of his commandments. And Psalm 119, verse 151, it states plainly that righteousness is all is keeping his commandments. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 119, 151. Actually, Psalm 119, 151 says all of his commandments is the truth. And then Psalm 119, 172 plainly reveals that um, righteousness is his commandments. And I think I already quoted Deuteronomy 6, verse 25. I'll quote that again to you. Deuteronomy 6, verse 25. It states that and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So righteousness is simply keeping all of his commandments. So how do we do that? We do that through his spirit, because uh, it's only through his spirit that we're going to be able to do these things. Ezekiel 36, verse 27, states plainly, Ezekiel 36, I mean, this is simple stuff, folks, if you know where to turn to in the Bible. Uh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you or influence you or give you the ability to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And then what is the new covenant or the renewed covenant? That most people don't understand. In Jeremiah 31, verse 31, it states plainly, Behold, the days come, says the master, I will make a new or renewed agreement with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And then he says in verse 33, But this shall be the covenant or agreement I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the master, I will put my law. He's not going to do away with the law. He's going to put the law in your inward parts and write it in your mind. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Okay? And so the law is not done away with. What's happening is that through his Holy Spirit, he's going to put that law into your inner being so that you can keep it. And so the righteousness that you exhibit is his righteousness, not your righteousness. So 
to understand that scripture, it means, yeah, without Christ, you're not going to be able to be righteous. If you think it's just keeping the Torah without the Holy Spirit is going to save you, that's not going to happen. That's what that scripture means, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? And so in 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, verse 22, states the following. And if you have any other questions, uh, you can email me at canard at mercifulservantsofgod.com. It says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. The truth is all of his commandments. Psalm 119, 142, Psalm 119, 142, John 17, verse 17. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and to unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And what does salvation involve? Second uh, Thessalonians 2, verse 13. It states plainly, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the master, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. How do we get salvation? Through sanctification of the spirit. You're set apart by his true spirit and belief of the truth, which is keeping all of his commandments, ladies and gentlemen. And so, again, grace is not a license to sin. It's a license for obedience. That's what grace is, ladies and gentlemen. That's the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, Yodei Vahe. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Uh, email me at canard at mercifulserviceofgod.com if you have any further questions. If you'd like to join my Facebook page, simply uh, go to uh, search in your Facebook account, Kennard, K-E-N-N-A-R-D, Levi, L-E-V-I, ground, and then friend request me. You'll have access to all my teachings. And right now I'm doing an extensive study on the book of Revelation. So if you want to get the truth about how to understand that book, please go ahead and take advantage of all my free teachings. I will never charge for my teachings because Yeshua never did it, which is uh, Jesus' Hebrew name. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 